Welcome to Rad Talk. Back at it again for another great episode, number 23. We've got Dennis and Gage and some more familiar faces with Jana and Chris here. We're going to be going over um, some more in-depth traveling information. Um, we're here to answer all the questions, and, and we're going to jump into it. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. We've had a little a little time period off, um, and, and we're going to get started. Um, so we're going to jump into kind of where we left off with something that's, that kind of blew my mind is, is the vendors. We talked about vendors. We talked about the recruiting company. But now we're talking about the vendors and the recruiting company being owned by the same same place. And so it's kind of like and, – and the interesting thing is the caveat is the recruiting company is not supposed to be able to – they can't talk to the hospital. But if the recruiting company is owned by the vendors, essentially they're talking to the hospital. And so that's – I don't know. It kind of confused, confused the heck out of me. And I know Chris and, and I have been going back and forth, and, and I'm going to let him – lead the way on that confusion yeah uh yeah uh hey great to be back first of all yeah um so um and uh, as i mentioned off air i don't think i sound like i'm at the bottom of a well this time so this is (laughs) this will be good right i think i sound more professional um so um improved yes improved so so we have the vendors. We were talking about the vendors. Um, they contract with the various facilities. Um, and there, in some cases, interestingly enough, some vendors not only have a, a recruiting arm, but also own the facilities. So that makes it even more complex. Um, so... There, I've seen that happen. I mean, there are a few cases of that, uh, but mostly you have these giant sort of vendors who have that recruiting arm so they can both recruit and um, also are a vendor where they're they're contracted with the facilities. So I guess the question is, uh, you said it can be confusing. Yeah, it can be confusing. So specific questions about that at all? Um, I th- I think where the my confusion starts at um, how do I know that the recruiting company is not supposed to have direct contact with the hospital, yes. and so if the recruiting company owns the vendors, then the they're essentially having contact with the hospital, although it's the the middle person, I guess. But if you are both companies, you are talking essentially directly to the hospital because I've had many a times that, that the managers say, well, if you, if you're able, or if the, the company says, if you can just talk to your manager, things would probably go a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, yes. And, and yeah, and, and I, say it, that, when, I say that a lot, but in instances with, if the company is owned by the vendors, I mean, that, that layer is gone. I mean, they're, they're um, essentially they can talk directly to them. Um, and also, I'm, I'm curious because I know that uh, prices fluctuate because you have to pay the vendors as well. And so mm-hmm. would they be then would that would it be behoof people? T- it seems like it makes more sense to go with sometimes smaller companies that sometimes pay more. But you would think that if these companies own the vendors and the recruiting company, then they would be able to pay the traveler more because they would be be making seven, five to seven percent more. Um, mm-hmm. but that's not something that I've seen. And so it's, it's kind of confusing 
why are why isn't everybody signing up with big companies first off because they're making more obviously because they own both and why wouldn't the process be smoother with these companies um being that they own they are the middleman we are the, we are both middlemen essentially mm -hmm. we are the recruiting company and the vendor company talking directly to the yeah. hospital so yeah that's a really good question So there are there's several questions in what you brought up here is that um, one is the question about well if you're not paying that vendor fee like we talked about because you're part you know you're you're a wing of the wing of the vendor I guess you could say why can't they offer more money mm -hmm. so there's that question there's also yeah. the question of why it doesn't go smoother. Uh, and sometimes actually I would say that it does go smoother in at least communications uh, because they run such high numbers. It's kind of a well-oiled machine, but mm. there's a lot of bureaucracy still involved there. Right. Okay. But so, it is true mm. that they can speak to the, for, they can typically speak to the hospital because they have a direct, it's essentially, it's a version of a direct contract. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you have the vendor and the recruiting agency is part of one company, it's akin to having a direct contract that you can actually talk to them directly. Here's 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 a concept too to consider though. When you've got you know a larger company that is a vendor, they are the recruiting company. Everything is in house essentially. That's a really big house, right? So you've got silos. Um, these folks may not know each other. You know, the, the the folks on the vendor side may not know the recruiters other than through email, just like they're at an offsite, you know, office, you know, type deal. It might still be the same thing. So the the reason I believe, and this is just my own opinion, that as a traveler, you may not make money, more money at a bigger company. You They still have to pay those employees on the vendor side of things. You know, so they, they have a larger uh, percentage that they need to cover their own in-house costs. Everything has a has a cost, right? So if it's if it's controlled, you know, like a smaller company, we pay a, a fee to the vendors. They can they can take whatever they want out of that to, to mm -hmm. run their business. That's controlled and we know what that is. As to where larger companies, they may, you know, it might be 25% of the contract that they need and require to to make that run. Um, here at Malone, I, I can speak for us. Um, we were at the 15% mark, so we take a much lower. Um, it, it takes a lot less for us to run and, and run our business and, and make sure our travelers are, are off and running. So we can essentially put a little more in our travelers' pockets. Gotcha. But um, that, that does that makes make so sense? sense? Yeah, that makes so much sense because I've I've talked to so many people and they've said. You know, like, why wouldn't it make sense to go with the big company because they own both companies? And so, like, are they just taking more? Like, and so it just kind of leads people to upsetness. But I guess, you know, if your overhead is less and you're paying the set percent to the vendors and, and, but you have less overhead. And so I guess you can give more to the travelers and it's cheaper, essentially, um, than, than owning both. Although, I, I don't I don't know. It's that's tough because I mean I feel like if you own both, then you're probably bringing more of a pie. I, I don't know. It's, I don't th I don't think it's a black and white thing. I think it's yeah. kind of a majority. You know, 
type uh, of, of a vantage point to, where you can speak in terms of most in most cases this is you know how how it would break down mm. uh, but certainly not black and white and, and and not all contracts are the are the same of course you know makes sense yeah yeah okay that makes total sense um another thing that i know we're, we're i don't know if you wanted to add anything else to that chris or if, if we're ready to move past that part um yeah so um there was something i was going to add uh to that and that is i mean the one thing about these bigger companies is you are essentially a number right mm -hmm. often i mean it depends on the recruiter but you know they're running such high numbers and in a way they almost they don't need your business in other words each individual traveler doesn't matter as much to them because they can just, you know, go to the next one because they have all the jobs. So, you know, maybe an analogy here, I don't know if this is helpful, but an analogy is between going to a small mom and top pop brick and mortar store where they know who you are, right? They can sort of, they, yeah, they know who you are and going to Amazon. There's a lot of junk on Amazon. They have a whole bunch of, you know, uh, options, but there's not that personalized experience right. that you would have where somebody says, Hey, I know what you're looking for. I know the kind of person you are. You, Oh, and by the way, you didn't, weren't even looking at this, you know, and the mom is like, Hey, I thought you'd find this really cool. Mm -hmm. That's, that's one way of, sort of talking about the difference there. That makes sense. And they probably, if if they don't have people contracted on certain jobs, they're still making money off of being the vendor. And so I guess yes. they don't have to worry about, like you said, they don't have to, I don't have to worry about getting a ton of people because I'm also the vendor. Yeah. So I'm making, yeah. I'm making money that way. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm making money by, by feeding these jobs out to other agencies. I'm, right. you know, so there's that as well. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Okay, kind of helps. Yeah, no, that that, that helps. That helps a ton, actually, because I've had deep conversations with people about like, well, why wouldn't I just go with the big companies, and why would I go to the small company? So that that makes sense for sure. Um, touching on something else that we kind of kind of going through a laundry list of things that we kind of hit along the way, but maybe are hitting in more depth now um, is the skills the skills checklist. And so I know. And oh I know yeah. We, I know we've touched on that and, 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 you know, hmm. no working for a bunch of different companies, you always have to do a skills checklist for that company. And I know Relias has been one that I've done many times. Um, mm -hmm. but it even seems like the same different companies will use the same company for their skills checklist. And so is it just like, I guess my question is, is it just a standard? Like most people use one company across the board for their skills checklist. Um, and, and if so, is there a way to like go to, you know, Relias and just put it in and then everybody can grab from that particular skills checklist instead of filling out the same one for every <laughs> single company? Like a, a compact skills checklist. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I, I think there, there are a couple companies. I mean, Relias yeah, I talked one about that, that, that Wabblers before. Yeah. I, it, it Relias is a big one. It, it comes to mind first. The, the, it is very redundant to have to fill this out. Um, 
part of it comes from a, a, a part where we have to do some due diligence in the background check, the compliance piece, to make sure that we are, are doing our, our part to make sure that you're accredited um, to go into these facilities, right? And that, you know, you're not just filling out a resume, you know, you know, putting your fake licensure up and this and that. So that that's a small piece. But what we really use that on and, and, and encourage travelers, you, you need to do one every year, right? So they, they have an expiration on them. Probably if you're, if you're switching companies, you're going to have to do, do one for each, each company that you work with. It takes a couple minutes, but this is where you can shine. This is where you can kind of brag and say, you know what, I'm really good at X, Y, and Z. It's not the time to be uh, modest about your skill set. These are I use these skills checklists whenever I go to write a, a cover letter or a good resume summary for our travelers to to pull highlights. You know, hmm. I can say you know f for you know ultrasound in particular, Dennis mm -hmm. has you know all these modalities and he can do thoracentesis and paras and you know whatever the the unique um skill sets that you may have we pull those out of there so i refer those skills checklists um and that's how i get to know my travelers a little bit and see what what they're comfortable with so i just encourage you just kind of buy into it just know that it's a part of that process a little bit it is a couple minutes but brag on yourself take all the credit that you've put into your career and put it in that skills checklist for us. Um, but it, it, is a, it is a compliance needed piece and part of the process for sure. And I assume, what, and so I've noticed that what's interesting is different skills checklists. And I, and I can't remember, Relias is the big one that always, did. when Chris and I had a conversation that that popped up in my head after he said that. Um, but I know a lot of them will make you take a test too. And so you're like, I have to take like a, CT specific test or an ultrasound specific test or a therapy specific test. And some of those questions are pretty, uh, they're like test questions that I would have, like when I'm trying to pass a registry or something like, um, some of them are you're like, Oh man, like I might not do well in this. We'll see. Like, uh, <laughs> or, or like I haven't studied for this thing in, you know, years. And so, um, I think that's, yeah, there's, there's a passing grade on them. You know, it's, it's just, you know, you got to get, I don't know what, what the number is like 70% or above or something along those lines. Um, again, that is, is going into us protecting the integrity of travelers that we're presenting to these facilities saying, Hey, we've, we've done our homework. So we get audited just like hospitals do. Right. So mm -hmm. we have to prove that we ran background checks that we did check your, your uh, your licensure that we did make sure that you are uh, a skilled you know technologist that that you are, are are claiming because we can't do that in person interview the hands on like hey come in and scan a couple patients for us and let's chat after that like we can't do that you know um, so that's kind of a way to to check that box that we are being compliant and who we're presenting to the facilities. That's interesting because I and I wonder. I guess on different companies, I guess sometimes I've switched companies, you know, after three months, cause you're, you know, take a 13 week assignment or so. And then you have to take, you're like, take another test and another checklist. And then you're like, Oh man, like keep passing these. And that's kind of like a deterrent almost to switch companies at times. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, I, you I have to, you do have to, yeah, you do have to update those skills checklists, even if you're with the same company, they're good for a certain amount of time and you know it is funny we i, I kind of laughed when you said about oh, 
oh, why couldn't there be a compact? I've actually said that to travelers. It's like, why do we have, I don't understand. It'd be great if there was this one like stop where you could just go and just do a skills checklist and have it available and send it out to everybody, you know, um, or where everybody could access it or something like that. But it is, there are different companies, you know, Relias is one that we use. I will say this, uh, if you get onto Vivian, you can do the skills checklist there. And then mm -hmm. that is available for any time you respond to a job. So it's ready to go as opposed to sending it out and you having to do it. It's not necessarily as detailed as some of the ones I've seen through Elias and some other companies, but it gets mm -hmm. the job done. Yeah. So if I would, if I go through you, if I go through Vivian and it's a job that you guys have, you guys can pull the, the checklist that they use from that and yeah. Would you be able to then input it into whatever, you know, just as an example, I guess, if a, if a company would be able to input it into their current uh, skills checklist system and then use that moving forward? Or would that person probably have to go through whatever that facility or what that company uses? Because if I use Relias, I mean, that's a great, and I don't know if the, the listeners out there know what that is, but it's, it's just an app that essentially posts a ton of jobs. And, and at times it shows... Um, different jobs for different jobs, wages for working with different companies. And so it's kind of a way to, for the recruiter to see um, all these jobs from different companies and the different rates that they're posting. So it's a, a great little app. Um, yeah. Oh, do you mean Vivian? You said, yeah. Vivian. You said rely on Vivian. Yeah. Dennis, I would say, you know, it depends on the vendor. Sometimes the, the, the exams that you have to take, that is v vendor specific. Um, so we know certain vendors, they're gonna build that into your onboarding, you know? Um, so we know that those tests are coming. But if you're going through these skills checklists, you know, if you fill the one out in Vivian, save it. Drop a PDF into your traveler file that you have. Sometimes we can use that and it's just as good of information as long as it's been done within the year and, the, and it won't expire during that upcoming contract. Um, sometimes we can certainly use that unless a very small percentage of vendors need their own specific um, Skills. Uh, site. Yeah. To be done. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, I mean, that's a good news. just for, you do need the skills checklist, a completed skills checklist simply for the submission. Once you get accepted to the job, you take the job, then there's, you know, that entire onboarding compliance credentialing aspect, then that involves other things. But once you've done on Vivian, once you've completed the skills checklist, it's up there. It's part of your profile. And all we do is download that and submit it with, with the rest of your profile. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes, that makes, that makes sense. And I think the Vivian app, I think it's, it's nice. And it would be nice if, you know, maybe, maybe we'll come out with a, a, a rad talk, um, all inclusive, just put your skills checklist here. And it's it's good across the board, but um, yeah, any, I mean, any that's app the thing. Developers so, out there, we can yeah, we can just borrow and, and throw that out there, and we'll go down, down yeah, the if line. You, if you want to uh, make some money, it's like somebody's got to come up with that. Where it's like we can just—it's a one-stop shopping, yeah. you know, experience for skills checklists, <laughs> as opposed to every time you go to a different company, you have to oh here do another skills checklist, do one for me, do one for me, and it can be annoying. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do like Ford's assembly. Thought, I'm surprised somebody hasn't thought of that or done that. Yeah, yeah, we'll go. We'll do a straight Ford's assembly line. You know, just one stop, boom, 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 boom. 
Um, okay, so 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 that's cool. So you use the I'll just use say, the yeah. Go ahead, Gage. As a non a non travel healthcare person, it blows my mind that you guys don't have a centralized system because for medical school and residency, it's all centralized. We upload our stuff to one site, and then the group of the the residency or so they go to the site and get all the stuff mm -hmm. way easier. So it kind of blows my mind that you guys have to do all of this individually instead of uploading it to one spot. And then Malone goes to the spot and says, here's my, you know, they find the profile. Dennis says, Hey, I want to work with Malone. Then you guys go to the site and get his information and just start sending it out. So, right. Well, and, and it kind of goes back to even think about like, um, Epic, you know, Epic mm -hmm. everywhere. You got Epic, you got Cerner, you got, but man, it would be so awesome if all, and I know I'm going on a tangent, all the patient's records were all on one. And so no matter where you went, you could pull those records and see that, you know, if I was in, if I was in Nebraska or if I was in California, mm -hmm. I knew all of my, my studies, that would be um, nice, but I guess somebody just hasn't made it yet. There's, there's things like that out there. I, I know whenever I was uh, in patient care in Colorado, they have a state site, you know, where if, if as long as you are uh, in the state of Colorado, you could see all the medical records if the patients gave consent to do so. But there's things out there. I don't know if we'll get on a national uh, <laughs> yeah. scale with that, but we'll, we'll see what the next 20 years look like. <laughs> um, true. But, you know, and, and maybe this is a, a good segue. We can talk about, you know, uh, into licensing. And that, that is that is one area where we can go online in one centralized place. You know, we can go to ARRT and pull some verifications, ARDMS. You know, we can type it in. There's, um, I think, the, uh, what is it, the, the respiratory or the lab verification that we can't pull. You have to, you have to pay for each, each verification or something like that. But, um you know those are things that are kind of in in house under one umbrella that we we can go and, and anybody has that that public information so that's that's helpful at least right which is important i mean i think if you're a medical professional it's important for anybody to know that you're credentialed you know i want to make sure that yeah. my my sonographer is a sonographer my you know respiratory therapist or my doctor or whatever like they are medical professionals we don't want like the the catch me if you can movie you know <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. For um, sure. But yeah, and so I think we'll, we'll touch on the licenses a little bit. Um, I, I think it's super interesting when you get into, since I'm I'm sonography specific. Sonography has you don't. There's only four states you need a license in. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it's interesting with the the travel companies that you have to. Like if I want, and the four states for sonography, for those who don't know, is North Dakota, Oregon, uh, New Hampshire, and New Mexico. And so it, I would have to get a license in that particular state. But with travel companies, what's interesting is you have to, if you want to work in a state, you have to get a license beforehand. And then um, if you get a job there, then you get reimbursed for that, I believe, is how they usually work things. Um, Correct. But, but I know that it can be very difficult in certain states to get licenses. And mm -hmm. so it's like trying to prepare for something that you don't know is ever going to happen. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have had issues with, with in the past with, you know, therapists or technologists or sonographers trying to get, want to go to a certain state, but then, you know, they get a license and there's not a job or, or what do you recommend, I guess, if I'm looking for a job in some particular state and I don't have a license mm -hmm. yet? 
you know, do you say, okay, go ahead and get that license? I mean, what, what are your recommendations for that kind of a thing? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and, and first, you know, Dennis, I'd like to, to touch on really quick, a lot of yeah. travelers that are just getting into this part of their career, they don't really, they don't realize that you actually need a state license. Um, they think that, you know, their uh, ARDMS license is all that you need or, you know, your RAD license or something along those lines. So state licensing is a new topic for, for some folks, but essentially what what you have to apply for is the ability to work within that state. Um, it's a money grab. Let's be honest. You go online, you pay the money. They do a, a background check, a limited version where they will go to where your original state was a, a acquired. So if you graduated in the state of Louisiana, they'll go to that state and say, hey, can we get those records? Um, and then they give you permission to work in their state. Um, so some of them, let's just say you wanted to go to California. That is well known to be a, a long time. So I think it's um, somewhere between three to six months, I believe. Mm -hmm. There's fingerprints involved. You know, it's just it's a it's a it's a process. So our our recommendation for folks that want to get in California is go ahead and start the process. You know, the, the license are good for at least one to two years. Mm -hmm. So if if you can kind of string that somewhere along in the next you know year or so and and, and grab the next contract there, let's go ahead and get prepared for that. Um, <clears throat> we do know which states are really fast. Some of them are a couple days turnaround. Um, and, uh, so we'll, we'll be able to submit without the license and then upon offer, you can go and, and, and request it at that time. Um, so we kind of know which, which timelines, but if you're wanting one that's in that sweet spot, that's like a three to four week license, you at least need to start the process and get the, get it going. Cause they will, they will accept some submissions um with it pending mm. and then and then some just won't it won't accept it at all unless you have it in hand so we we just have to navigate that with the traveler what they're specifically looking for and give them that information that way they can kind of gauge and understand the timing that it that it takes um to to get to that particular interest right but, um it's and so i think it's so interesting too um that only certain and, and i'm being a sonographer i i know i know that world but i it's i think it's interesting that like if you're a therapist or if you're a rad tech or if you're ct x-ray or, or mri you know you have to get a license in every state and then mm -hmm. and then um a super aside is the nurses they have you know if you work in the state of new york and you have a new york license you're good for new york but if you work in let's say South Carolina, then all of a sudden you have a compact license and you have a, a mm -hmm. license for 30 some odd states or something like that. And it, keep, it keeps growing. Yeah. For the nurse. 37 and, and growing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's different world, right? Um, yeah. So the nurses seem to have it together more so than, than all the other allied specialties. But to be fair, allied is many specialties, right? Mm -hmm. Nurses, you, you can specialize, but you're still an RN. Um, so as opposed to being a, an ultrasound tech or a PT, um, you know, something like that, those are kind of, there's a different dimensions. Um, so there's some, there's some differences there, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're all, all a little envious of the, uh, compact abilities for the RNs. <laughs> um, hopefully we'll, we'll get, we'll get there. Um, yeah. I, I think, um, Chris can speak to this, but are the PTs and therapy, do they have some sort of a compact formed? um for their licensing um he's more the expert with the therapy side of things yeah pts have a compact 
Um, there's going to be a compact for occupational therapists as well coming out, uh, mm -hmm. I believe, this year. Um, speech language pathologists do not have a compact, so you have to get specific licenses for each state. So you have to be yeah. certified and then have um, license-specific, the state-specific licenses. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting, and it's definitely a money grab. Um, and, and where that money goes, who knows? But <laughs> and I think it's yeah, for real. And it's interesting because the sonographers <laughs> that have to go in those, aside from those four states, it's like, why do we even? And I saw in, a, in a, I think New, maybe New Hampshire might be the newest state. I don't quote me, but um, it's so interesting because I've had to get a, a license. I can speak directly. I've had to get a license for the state of New Hampshire uh, in the past. And they actually told me, well, if you get a license in New Mexico, it takes like five days, five to seven, a week or so. And mm -hmm. then you can get a temporary license in New Hampshire really quickly. And so I actually got a license in another state mm -hmm. to speed up oh, the wow. of getting a license in um, New Hampshire, which I think is just interesting that, that huh. uh, yeah, it, it, it I, you know, gosh, my, my only thought to that is kind of going back to the, the, the specific background checks that they pull for the licensing where they go and check all the other licensing. Let's just say, you know, uh, we've got a CT tech that is licensed in six states. You know, you can make that 16 states, whatever that is. Whenever they go to apply for a new, an additional like brand new state license, that state then has to go to all 16 states and pull those verifications. So it takes them a while, right? So kind of, it's it's kind of like a, a regular background check if you've got, you know, four different last names or aliases and things like that. It takes a little while, but I, my thought on, on that, Dennis, is that New Mexico is super quick. And so the New Hampshire, the temporary version, they were able just to ping New Mexico and be like, hey, can you verify, you know, this, his license? And they're like, yeah, sure, here you go. You know, so it's just a much quicker process. That was actually kind of smart on their part. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is the company that I was working with actually paid for both licenses. Awesome. And Love they, that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were like, well, we'll, well, because they're telling you to get a New Mexico license to speed this process up, we will cover we will cover that. Awesome. New Mexico. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's. Crazy. That was going to be my question is because that's probably what most people care about is are these companies going to cover the cost of because for physicians like for I'm in Texas, I mean I spent like two thousand dollars getting my license. Wow. I had to get a New Mexico license. So do the, any of these companies? I guess you can speak to Malone specifically, but is that included in reimbursement? Is these licenses? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we factor that in to the, you know, to the, to the contracts, just assuming that you're going to have to update some licensing. Typically what we say is we will reimburse you for that, that particular state, if you had to grab a license for that state. But in, in your case, Dennis, there's always room for exceptions, you know, and, and, and different lengths that you had to go to. So absolutely. We can always reimburse if it's a, a, a double state type of type of package that you had to do for sure. Um, but that's always, um, something as travelers you should be asking for, like, what, what can I be reimbursed for? Um, what does the licensing look like for me in particular? You know, this is kind of where I want to go. Um, and just be prepared to know that there, you know, you might have to get online and apply and, and, and do um, a little bit of work to get there. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just 
talking about it, you're having to get your finger printed for every state that you go to. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it's talk about it. I was, yeah, I'm sure Dennis can speak to it as well, but there are certain things that each state will want. So it's really yeah. good to keep all that stuff organized because you're probably going to use some of it for, you know, if you apply to different states. It's not all going to be the same, at least in, in for doctors, it's not the same, but we overlapped a lot. So yeah. that's just a word of advice for people. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're doing you're doing every state you're doing a, most of the same thing, and then every state you have to keep a record for that, and then it costs money for every mm -hmm. state. It's just like, and I think, uh, and I'd love to see where all this money goes, but I, I wonder if it ends up costing them more money to do all of this than it does to charge people to have a license for the state that lasts for two yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. I I would love to see the breakdown. <laughs> and then um, yeah. And, and then the people that, I mean, even people that I've worked the full-time employees who work in a particular state, they're like, oh, I got to renew my license. I get to renew it every two years. You're a full-time employee of this. And you're just like, that's, yeah. like, that's terrible. Um, and then, but, <laughs> but then, and then you throw, you know, COVID in there when it was happening and, and trying to get a license in a particular state that was, uh, and I think that really hurt the overall travel the, uh, the, yeah. the the hospitals that's why traveling i think helped blow up is because it was hard to get you had to have people getting licenses it slowed down the process and so that was just all this conundrum yeah. um, i covid definitely slowed down the the uh the timelines to to get licensings but what it did open was a great door for temp temporary licensing it was only they were only good for you know 90 to whatever amount of days um, but they were fast to get so um, sad to see that going away. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's a few things just to add, um, is one, just keep in mind as a traveler, if there's going to be a reimbursement, <clears throat> it would have to be if we actually place you in a job in that state. So I can't, you know, sure. no agency is going to reimburse you necessarily for a state. Like, let's say, uh, you just got a license for, California and I place you and you got a license for Missouri and I place you in a job in Missouri, I can reimburse you for the job, the license in Missouri. And <laughs> there's a certain window there, right? If you got that, that license a year ago, you know, that's not going to necessarily make you eligible for reimbursement. It's if, if it's more about, I got this specifically for this job or I got it within, you know, a couple of weeks before, you know, or something like that. So that mm -hmm. we've got to keep that in mind. And also, you know, let's be honest, there is going to be an upper, upper limit on how much uh, any agency is going to be able to reimburse for a license. Yes. So, for example, social workers, just because I'm a little familiar with them, is their licensing is a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. We can help out. But, you know, when it comes to $1,500, that's going to be a, a big chunk of money, right? So you can wow. definitely help on that. But typically it's, you know, a couple hundred bucks or maybe even less. That's totally doable. So just keep that in mind. Uh, don't assume that, oh, I can just get reimbursed this $1,500. Um, there's there's going to be a discussion there. Um, and actually another point just to make was um, – about the financial incentives for having uh, people reimburse, not reimburse, but renew their licenses or even their certifications. Let me give you an example. Uh, in respiratory therapy, 
the for to be a, re, a registered respiratory therapist or even a certified respiratory therapist years ago those did not expire mm-hmm. those certifications like i i was i'm I, i'm working with one uh crt and he had gotten his certification years ago and it just doesn't expire now if you get it it expires you have to get it every few years so you know, we can talk about what the financial incentives are potentially for them having to renew it every few years. Gotcha. Huh. That's, that's, yeah. That, and like Gage said, I mean, he, he's where the, he can speak from the physician's market, you know, $2,000 to get a license for a, for a physician in a particular state. Yeah. I mean, that's, that seems, it wouldn't make sense for a company if you're a traveler and have to pay that much money, you'd be losing money to assign people to go to different places. Um, and yeah. so, and, and, and I'm well, curious I mean, about that window that you spoke about. And so if I, if I get a license in Oregon and I've had it for a year, I'd say I'm able to find a job there. And then I have six months left of my license and I need to, I can get a job, but then I would have to renew it working with you guys. I guess, would you pay? I guess you'd have to probably pay for that one time to re to renew to, to continue that job, I guess. Sure. You know, I, I think it's all relative. If, if it makes sense to the to the company and to the contract that you're working, absolutely. We'll, we'll help you renew that. Um, if you had a, let's just say you had a, an Oregon license and, you know, it, it was good for two years, but you've already worked three contracts on that one license and you've been re- reimbursed five times for it from all the companies that you've applied with. It's like, what are we doing? Like, we're just kind of paying you lunch money at this point, right? So right. it's, it's got to make sense. Um, we, unfortunately, you know, we're we're a business, so we can't unf- unfortunately just pay for everyone's licensing. Can you imagine that free for all that uh, <laughs> that would happen out there? But um, but absolutely, um, renewals are, are definitely in, in the conversation and, and able to add into the contract. Um, we can even uh, you know discuss uh, renewing your uh, ARDMS you know license if it's during that time or something along those lines. All that stuff is up for discussion. Um, it just has to be reasonable and, and make sense, you know. For sure. Yeah, that, that, that would be, that's nice. And I think, um, knowing that you guys help out with those, even the yearly license, if I've taken a contract with you and I haven't asked you to, I, I'm working in a state that doesn't need a license and my ARDMS is coming up for, for maybe a travel company, that might be more of an incentive to say, I'm going to mm-hmm. stick around. Thank you for that. Like, cause that mm-hmm. stuff continues to go up every year. For sure. It's, it's not going down. It's just getting more sure. and more expensive to continue doing this this medical job um whatever <laughs> yeah i think it's it's gone up i don't know it's almost 100 bucks now for <laughs> for renewal um it used to be a nice cool i don't know 65 bucks a year i don't know how, how long you've been a tech but um it it was different back in back in my my early day <laughs> <laughs> i mean even even you know passing but, the um, registries everything continued the, the registries continue to go up the tests you take continue to go up the yearly yeah. dues now they're having monthly or, or um statewide uh, licenses it's just you know you want to nickel, nickel yeah. and dime folks it, it, unfortunately um yeah for sure for sure and those are those are things to keep in mind too it's you know i, I know the holidays are coming up and a, a lot of travelers i'm getting off track a little bit here but i'll keep it brief they're like hey yeah. what, did, what did you get for the holidays you know what did you what did your company buy you what did you do this i would much rather 
than send, you know, a gift card that you're probably going to get taxed on. I would much rather say, hey, Dennis, I got your licensing. I'll take care of that. I'll reimburse you. What's going to help you more, right? You know, that $50 gift card that you got, you know, $15 taxed out of that, or I got your license this year. We're, you're, don't worry about that. You know, um, I don't know. It's, uh, I agree it's, with it's that. always interesting. I agree hundred percent. That would be so nice. And to be, and I think it says a lot to show that the recruiter, if they're thinking about that, like if I don't have to ask you for it and you're like, Hey, let me get that for you. As opposed to like sending me a hat or something. <laughs> oh, we'll still send you a cup or a hat. We'll still send you something. But... <laughs> like I would, yeah, like not, I, I love working, but I'm like, I'm like, well, thank you for this hat but man it'd be really nice if you'd have just paid for that license that would have been cool absolutely <laughs> um okay so all right so i know we're we've been like steamrolling questions here and so how about we've got a couple questions uh for for hiring managers as you're as you've you know you've applied for jobs you've decided on taking a job you've got the interview with the hiring manager questions have arose that i've seen like things that you should ask like scrub colors pay for parking mm -hmm. you know you want to know how many the kind of machines you guys use if you're if you're a technologist or stenographer the patient beds and i think mm -hmm. um the scrub color is always like a really interesting question that when people ask me and i don't i don't guess i know the real answer to it because maybe it's like dumb but um when people ask me I, I used to be like hardcore about wearing the scrubs to match everybody else. Like, what do I have to wear? What do I have to wear? And mm -hmm. now I've gotten to the point where I don't ask and I just hope they, I hope they don't tell me. And <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, um, uh, I, I, and I, I would always be worried about getting in trouble, but I feel like as I've gone more places, even if they've never, even places that were like, you should wear teal and I would show up in whatever, you know, gray or something else. They're like, no one said, oh, okay, you need to go get the right color. No one's ever like forced me to go get the right color. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. And, and so I've everybody I've told them, I've said, like, even if they say that, just show up in a different color and say, hey, I'm just if they question you, say, I'm just waiting for my <laughs> for my scrub to come in. I ordered them. Um, yeah. That's something, <laughs> something like that to kind of keep yourself out of trouble, but yet maybe you can get lucky and get away with not having to wear or buy that color because that's another thing that, mm -hmm. you know, I would then ask my company, will you reimburse? They're forcing me to get this different color of scrubs. Mm -hmm. Will you reimburse me yeah. for that color? Um, and depending on if sure. you guys have factored that, and I'm hoping, I'm sure companies factor that in as well. Yeah. But I think, I think they, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a whole brand new set of scrubs. I mean, that'll put knock you back, you know, 250, 300 easy. Right. Yeah. But um, I, I say, you know, it, it, if you're, if you're, if that's something that stresses you out and gives you anxiety, just ask, you know, but if you want to roll the dice, I, I'm, I'm with you. Just, just, just go with it. Um, but you could also maybe go with a safe gray or black option, you know, I don't know, different departments, but um yeah, absolutely. Equipment is very important. Go ahead and ask that. That's probably going to be listed. Hopefully, it's listed in the job description. It's it's a toss up um, if we have that information or not. But that's a that's a game changing question during interviews, just to know what you're going to be working with. Um, Definitely parking. Any unexpected expenses that might come out of your pocket that we need to get you set up for that we can kind of work into your pay package some way to, to cover that. Um, that's that's important to know. Um, 
it the interviews it's your your chance to interview them see what they got going on there try to get a feel for their personalities um i i've done a lot of interviews in in my career and i always gosh i was the one that i couldn't stand the give me an example when you know like tell me when you were challenged in life when have you not been challenged in life you know i kind of want to know what's your conversational skills your personality um how are you going to relate to to patients you know what's what's your care level you know of of how invested you're going to get into kind of the the team are you just here to to work your your three months and are you out or are you going to be that person that's like hey you know what are you guys doing this afternoon or just kind of be involved a little bit that that was always my style is personality but as a traveler get that from that team like kind of get a temperature of what environment you're walking into um Smart. But if anything m makes you tick different and is super important for you to be comfortable walking in there, um, yeah, far away, ask him during that call and grab their name. Make sure you get that lead or that manager's name. Uh, write it down because you're going to forget it by the time that conversation's over most times. <laughs> and keep their, and I think we might have mentioned this in a previous episode, I can't remember, but keep their number. Because again, Absolutely. if you like, it's like, oh, I forgot to ask him this. I've had that happen where, I mean, I've had that happen where I have a discussion with a traveler before the interview and says, okay, what's important? Here are some things you should need, you need to ask in this case, because the job description just doesn't talk about it. And mm -hmm. I know what's important to you. So ask them this question. And I remember uh, I had, I was like, oh, how'd the interview go? Did you ask him that? And they're like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, did you keep, you know, and I always say, keep their name and number so you can call them back if you forgot to ask them or if there was a follow-up question or something didn't occur to you at the time that later on became important. So because if you don't do that, we don't have their information. We don't have the manager's contact info. So yeah. that's, you really need to keep that info. It's a really great resource, I think. Right. Yeah, and, and they're probably going to call you when you're least expected, you know, when you're walking into the grocery store or something like that, um, or when you're walking your dogs and they're going nuts. You know, mm -hmm. one, one of those scenarios is going to happen. Um, right. Call is an important thing. Hey, what's call going to look like? And is that kind of, you know, does that change? You know, just kind of get a little understanding about that. Understand this, 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 the schedules, see if it's going to vary or be set in stone. All those things that could really upset you if they changed. Right. Um, don't don't be afraid to ask those. It shows that you that you care and that you're dialed in. Right, and and I think it's so tough with those interviews because, you know, as, as I think is a, I can remember back as a first time non traveler, um, you know, and they call, and they don't ask you the normal questions, um, as as a, a, a regular employee because a regular employee they have like the HR questions that they have to like go through all of these, you know, this situation and this situation and, and was a traveler, they just like call you and they're like, we've got this many beds. We've got this, this many rooms. We've got this one on. They're like, do you want, do you want to come and work here? Or like, <laughs> What's <laughs> <yeah>. the deal? <laughs> and, and, and then I think there's, there's been jobs that um, I've talked to them and there was actually a, a job that I was looking at in Oregon. I didn't have an Oregon license and they said, well, it takes like, of two months or a month or something like that to get the Oregon license. And if you haven't started it yet, and so you're like, oh, okay. Like, uh, and they're like, well, we really needed somebody um, who has that already. And so I think if, if they're calling you, if the manager's calling you, they're, 
and then maybe you guys can tell me this. They probably like you're the one they want, I guess. Um, and maybe they have like a phone list that they're just like, okay, these are my people. I'm going to call through, see who answers. And like, that's who I'm going to hire. Um, but it fe I feel like every time I've gotten a phone call for a traveling job, it's like, like, are you going to, I'm going to send an offer in for you. Like, are you going to accept mm -hmm. it or like, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's such chances a are your resume rose to the top for whatever reason. And they're calling you because they want you to be their person you know they they want this to work um they don't want to call 30 you know technologists for you know a three-month assignment that that may or may not extend you know that's a lot of time they put into that um they they want you to be their 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 person <laughs> um for sure Make, makes total sense yeah yeah, and, and I'm, yeah go ahead chris oh no i was gonna say just sort of picking up on some of the points you made about this is as far as the interview process goes too, it's, you know, like you said, they just, it's not like a permanent position or a staff position. It's going to be, I've only had one case where I remember I was talking to, it was a PT, but I remember there were several people interviewing this person over zoom. And he was like, I've never had it for a travel position. I've never, it was pretty intense. And I was like, Oh wow. You know? So, I mean, he got hired uh, but I, usually it's just, they just call you, right? Uh, it's right. just, and it's usually the manager, a working manager who's working the floor. So they are, have very little time to actually do a kind of formal, if you want to put it that way, interview. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something also, I can't, and again, I can't remember if we talked about this, but sometimes they will tell us that you were going to be interviewed. Sometimes we don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I always say that as like, Hey, I know the vendor sent your profile over to the facility. So uh, you, we might know that they're going to interview you, but just be aware they might call you. So let's prep, right, let's prep right now. So that like, like Jana said, you know, it's while you're out grocery shopping, you never know. Sometimes they will yeah. set up times with you. I've seen it all across the board, but you need to be prepared. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad you clarified that because I totally forgot to clarify it because you never, you do, you have no idea when they're going to call you, what you're doing. Um, and it's usually unexpected or they say, Hey, they're going to call you this week. And you're like, okay. And then they say, we're going to put an offer in for you. And then it's like, when am I going to, and sometimes I haven't heard back from places in a, in a couple of days too. I'm like, did they put an offer in or like they said they were going to what's, what's going on here? And so I guess maybe that's yeah. like hitting the vendor and then it's coming back to you guys and mm -hmm. uh, back to that. Yeah. It's super important. And one thing uh, not to assume if you have an interview and they say they're going to extend an offer, your recruiter may not know. We may not know that they've called you. So please, please, please always share with your recruiter. Hey, I just got off the phone with, you know, so-and-so um, and they said that they're going to extend an offer. Then we get on the horn with our, you know, client management team and, and all the players that, that that are in the game with us and just say, hey, Dennis had a great interview. They said they're going to extend the offer. Let's go ahead and reach out to them. And yes. so we'll speed that process up. But if we don't know, you're at the mercy of when that manager pushes that button, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it may be it may be over lunch, you know, and it may be at the end of the week. Who who knows whenever they 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 what their habits are and, and when they can get to it. But um, we'll be happy to nudge them. Right. And then the, then there's the other issue. It's like if we don't know that they you've interviewed, it's good to have like a go over the interview. How'd the interview go? 
uh, do you mm -hmm. have any concerns about this job? Because, you know, sometimes you're really interested in a job, but the interview, you just, there's some stuff that came up that kind of concerned you. We ha Let's have a discussion about that because that's important. And, you know, and again, it's like, okay, this concerned you. What was it? Okay, we, why don't you ask the manager that? Like, you know, I wasn't sure about this or whatever. Uh, so, it's important, yeah. It's important to let your you let your recruiter know and that they're going to, you know, oh, and they said they're going to do an offer, and it's like, do you think you're going to take it? All that entire discussion is important to have. Yeah, and I know we've bounced around, but I've got one more thing I want to hit. Um, yeah, here, and this is what do the job descriptions look like <laughs> for you guys? So uh, I'm like. You know, I'm getting phone calls from people <laughs> saying, I need, I got a CT job in uh, Montana for you. And I, what are you talking about? Like, or, or like, okay, that's, <laughs> you got the wrong person. Or I got a job, I got a travel job for you in Nebraska. And I'm like, okay. And they're, and it doesn't, they're like, well, you know, this is what they, I'm like, what's, what's it say on your guys' end? What does that, um, Boy, that is a great <laughs> question. And it is a continued, uh, for me, anyways, frustration lots of times because, um, first, I can say this. Um, we should have enough information that we can get you an idea of a good what the pay package is going to look like. So let's talk about the financial yeah. aspect. We should be in a position to be able to tell you basically what the pay package is going is going to look like. As far as everything else goes, it runs the gamut. <laughs> um, because, Often these this information, the description is provided by HR. They don't know the different specialties, right? So they don't provide a lot of information sometimes. Sometimes it's misleading mm -hmm. too. Um, sometimes they'll just put, you know, they'll say, well, let's say they'll say rad tech. And then you look at the, what the certifications are and you're like, oh, they're not looking for just, rad tech you know it's and for, it's not in the description yeah yeah <laughs> they're looking yeah. for rvt rad tech yeah. who can do a general uh mamo and you know echo and it's like i i don't <laughs> yeah somebody yeah. out there probably yeah. has yeah. that but uh, it's looking like, for a unicorn man yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but I, I don't really think that they are you know so it just it it like like Chris is saying, it, they have to, you have to understand who's putting this information in the majority of the time and kind of what their level of, they're putting in a lot of, a lot of jobs. Right. But mm -hmm. um, anyway. Yeah. And sometimes ahead, Chris, I'll just say, I just say, I jumped yeah, in. Yeah. And they'll just say, you know, day uh, shifts, days. Well, is it four tens? I mean, yeah. we, we know whether it's 40 hours or 36 hours, but is it four tens? Is it five eights? You know, don't know. Sometimes they won't talk about whether there's call, whether you, know, you have to work weekends or how that works. So that's why that interview is important, because for us to get that information, guess what we have to do? <laughs> Go to the vendor who doesn't know. The vendor reaches out. Who are they talking to sometimes? Are they talking to HR? Do they have to talk to HR? Then HR has to talk to the manager. And, you know, so the I mean, I had a great example was. Um, I was looking at a job description and they went on for several lines about what the scrub colors were. 
<laughs> and there was no information about what they were actually going to be doing at the job. Like, Are you kidding me? Um, it's so, a lot of copy paste. Yeah. You know, uh, what do you call it? The uh, their mission statements. You know, we it's guys, there's no spacing. There's no like punctuations. It's just words, uh, letters, I should say, that just kind of rumble, rumble on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, the sort of, uh, my favorite is, though, when, the, you know, let's take a rest, because uh, I was just looking at a respiratory uh, therapist job, and they say, a respiratory therapist does X, Y, you know, it's just boilerplate. Yeah, I know what yeah, we know what you, that's what you do, but what is this job asking you, you know, specifically? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and, it, yeah. and, it, and it's interesting because you feel like um, hospitals, I mean, maybe, I don't know, this hospital have probably had other travelers. And so you're like, you should know what you're asking for. Yeah. Like I need an ICU nurse or if I need a respiratory therapist or if I need a physical therapist, like I should know exactly what i want or they should be getting feedback from these yeah. other mm -hmm. uh, you know if you're if i'm constant if i'm the re if i'm the hospital and i'm constantly getting phone calls from the vendor saying hey what do you want with this job you're like well what are we doing wrong like why why are they yeah. people keep calling us and saying like we need to add what they're doing like, yeah yeah it's it is, is it yeah is it the same person putting it in? Like, is it just kind yeah. of, kind of a, a cyclical thing, but, but you're right, Dennis, when you said they've, they've had travelers before, some of them will put every detail for every modality mm -hmm. that they're hiring for. And it's one blanket statement, you know, they'll put the nursing requirements or, you know, the yeah. requirements, it's all, <laughs> it's all in the one, the one, one shout out. Um, yeah. So bear, bear with us. We will ask the questions if you have some remote interest in that particular area and in that location. We can we can get the information. But we uh, if if you if you're frustrated that there's minimal information, so we are too. <laughs> right. Well, and it's so interesting because I've actually applied for jobs before that said, um, you know, we're looking for a sonographer at this particular hospital. This is the blah, 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 blah. And then I apply for it. And then they come back and they say, oh, no, we we're looking for Echo. And mm -hmm. you're like, what? Like, what? Okay. Uh, and like, I'm, I'm, I get, I've gotten frustrated with the recruiting company. I'm like, like, why are you like, I'm like waiting to see what's happening with this. Yeah. And, and then I guess the answer is, you know, you guys don't, I'm hoping that this place just didn't know. And, and they were like being told, sonographer as opposed to echo or as opposed to vascular or general or OB or what, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's incredibly frustrating. And, it, and it's, it's even like you would think that if, a, as soon as they would post something like that, looking for sonographer, that everybody would reach out to them and be like, you need to specify what, or if you're looking mm -hmm. for uh, whatever, whatever other, you know, I'm looking for rad tech for cat yeah. scan. And they're like, yeah. okay, what kind of, you know, what's, are you looking for a subspecialty of x-ray? Are you looking for the CT, the MR, you know? And so you think they would be so discombobulated with like people saying like, what's this, what's this, what's this, that they would just correct it, but it continues. It does continue. Here, yeah. here, here's, here's an analogy. And, and, and I know Gage, you can relate and Dennis, you can relate. Ra radiology orders. Ultrasound's the worst. Right. If, if providers that have these patients in office and they say, hey, you know, we run, need a, a bilateral RV, uh, a DVT and uh, an arterial, 
uh, or venous and arterial on this this person's leg for just to rule out a, a, a chronic blood clot. It doesn't make sense, right? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you want? Um, so a lot of times you have to read through uh, the radiology orders, just like we have to read through uh, the the work orders and what they're what they're looking for. So it kind of translates in that way. Um, we gotta have a magic pen sometimes to decode what they what they need. But um, yeah, I mean yeah. that is a great that is a great uh, that is a great point. Is sometimes if you've got an experienced recruiter who can read that that job description or the work order, they can they can figure out what it what's going on, like what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you can't. So you know, I've had these situations where I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, and so I respond as like, what are they looking for exactly? You know, so. Uh, there's that back and forth sometimes that has to go on there. And also that's the, that's another point is when you see jobs posted sometimes, um, sometimes when a recruiter posts a job, they won't look carefully at what the requirements are and that can get, that can sort of become an issue. Right. So um, you have yeah, to, yeah. if you're posting a job, I, I don't post when I, when I will sort of post a job or something, Along those lines, I'm pretty careful about being clear of exactly what they're looking for. Right. Well, and that's nice that you have the recruiter that does the diligence with that. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, and you notice, you know, I notice on Facebook and social media posts where people just put looking for sonographer to do whatever. And you're just like, what kind? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you obviously you, you know, you should know, but if you, Hopefully you've learned or you learned at some point to like, you need to ask more questions before you just put this out to us. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's frustrating when you see stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had, I'll give you an example here. I mean, I'm going to, I keep talking about respiratory therapists today. I don't know why I got that on the brain, but um, you know, I was working with a respiratory therapist for a long time and he says, Hey, I just saw this job posting. Uh, why didn't you tell me about it? And I was like, could you, where, where'd you see it? Oh, let's say Vivian or wherever. And I take a look and then I look and I've got the job. I'm like, yeah, the reason I didn't send it to you is because they're required. It's NICU and PICU. You don't do NICU and PICU, but they didn't have it in the, you know, when they posted it on Vivian, they didn't include that information. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. You know? And that yeah. makes a huge difference. That makes a huge difference. For yeah. sure. For sure. Well, uh, sometime we did it again. We're over an hour. Um, let's, let's, clean this up um next time we'll, we'll dive deeper into some more things uh stay tuned the financial episode will be coming guys uh, yes we're gonna, we're gonna dig into that everybody's chomping at the bit um but until next time uh, everybody take care we'll see you next time yeah. thanks guys yeah thanks guys